Welcome to Online Bible Study with Bill Ricksecker and Dr. Bernie Ramsey. Sponsored by ChristianCornerstone.org and ChristianSolutions.org. All right, so I still don't know how to take her. For those of you who are chiming in here, um, you can thank uh, Mr. Bernard Ramsey for Microsoft Lydia. She is our <laughs> she, she is our low budget. Uh, what are we calling her? Uh, a host, introductory uh, yeah, person, yeah, yeah, our announcer, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. um, that's all the more reason to support this uh, <laughs> ministry. Um, if you greatly... don't want to hear Lydia anymore, <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. Or you can volunteer your voice. There you go. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, so let's kind of hope, you know, for those of you who are chiming in, um, i got to let you know, this is like recording number three. Three. Third um, time's the charm. Right. Let's hope it stays yes. that way. <laughs> but um, so today we're going over Acts chapter 16, and most likely, based on the, the past couple ones, this is probably going to be a two-part uh, series again. Um, a recap as far as what we did uh, the past two weeks, we talked about Paul's conversion, uh, going from public enemy number one to the Christians, uh, and converting to be public enemy number one to the Pharisees. So he goes from being the hunter to being the hunted. Uh, it's really kind of interesting, you know, the more you dig into that. But this is uh, from four year, 14 years after his conversion. Uh, it's it's taken, him, taken him 14 years to be evaluated and accepted by the church, um, by the apostles, the, earlier, the young disciples of Jesus Christ himself. Um, it was about 30 years when this was happening. Excuse me, and uh, about 44 or 45 when uh, he meets with the other apostles. So, uh, and what's interesting about this is he was born in 5 AD. So, if you're wondering what the dates were, you know, 50, 60, 75 AD, whenever anything is going on within the scriptures, if it fits in there, you subtract five and you got the Apostle Paul's wonderful age. So, he's about 45 when this is going on. He's been on a mission and now we're getting into well his mission <laughs> his mission yeah yes and founding the early early church you know as we were talking on uh, uh take two of uh tonight's <laughs> podcast yep. uh you know we we were, we're talking about how you know kind of putting it in a historical context just how differently information travels mm -hmm. uh, now compared to then and uh, this you know Paul in the Acts of the Apostles for those who may not have joined us on our last podcast where we covered uh, Paul's conversion in Acts 9 and Paul who uh, was persecuting Christians was basically called by God and uh, uh, moved by the Holy Spirit uh, to do God's will and in that journey he had to find uh, not only a, a will to uh, do God's will but uh, to be accepted uh, in the early church and so and by the disciples at that time and when we look at the time period you know not many outside of uh, uh, Jesus's area may have known of him mm -hmm. and so uh, the uh, apostles the disciples they're uh, prophesizing the word they're spreading the good news they're founding churches um, 
And uh, in Acts 16, to kind of fast forward a little bit, uh, we're going back to an area uh, where Paul had founded a church uh, about five years uh, or so prior. Um, and when he initially went to uh, Lystra, I don't know why it does this, when he initially went to Lystra, um, uh, he was first, uh, because of you know the wondrous miracles that he was performing and the news that he was bringing, he was worshipped as a god and then almost killed. And uh, we've got a community of Jews and Greeks uh, there. Uh, that he initially ministered to and, and founded this church in. And so in Acts 16, he's coming back to this area uh, and uh, checking in on his church. Yeah, and uh, what I love about that is, you know, it, it, not you, I mean, the, how you said that actually um, kind of stands out is uh, these letters that he writes. I mean, that's essentially what it is. Is I mean, he makes which I believe, uh, I don't know my Paul history too much, but I believe he, he founded, or at least had some sort of influence with all these churches he's writing to. And to to really see that he's writing these letters is more of a checking in on you kind of concept. Uh, and it really brings, it really brings a, a respect to this because he's not just, um, he's not just planting churches. Uh, he's just not, he's not just ministering the word of God and saying, okay, well, we have this church Ephesus, for example, he was there for three years or almost three years, and you know he's not leaving there and going about his business. Right. Um, you know he he writes back to them and you know he says, "Hey," and he cares you know, very deeply about them. Absolutely. So I mean, he he checks in on them, and you know, like you yeah. said, uh, you know, we, we've got uh, we don't have emails, uh, we don't have cell phones or anything. You can't take selfies as far as who we're ministering to and what mission trips we're on. Uh, Paul himself, uh, word is, is is traveling slow. I mean, if it's taken 14 years for him to be accepted by the apostles, they clearly haven't heard all of his works he's done within that time. Uh, and I did look it up. I was completely, I butchered it completely, all those, uh, the names. Um, it was, I just had it up too. It was Apollos, who was the one I'm speaking of. He okay. was the one who did not hear, um, he did not hear of uh, the Jesus Christ, but he was delivering, you know, he was delivering the gospel as far as what has been revealed so far, the, the, the gospel that John the Baptist uh, spoke of. Um, but it was Priscilla, I think I said Phoebe, it was Priscilla and Aquila. Okay. So I think okay. that's, I was thinking the peas. Okay. It's not like what I originally said, for those of you who missed the butchered version of this recording, <laughs> I said Phoebe and uh, Ananias. <laughs> so I got close, at least I got the first letter right. Absolutely, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was not not that. It was Priscilla and Aquila who who spoke to Apollos and said, "Hey, this this man you're speaking of, um, or this man, he was he was simply the forerunner. John Baptist's gospel has been fulfilled. Jesus Christ has come on the scene, and you know, I think uh, if I remember, let me actually see because that's in Acts 18 here. Um, I want to see if there's a my commentary has any sort of this is a study Bible so it's not going to have every single commentary you want um, but I'm curious if it has a time period as far as how long the gap is from uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ to the ascension to the time this is happening I I'm not seeing anything here in my commentary but I presume uh, like I said earlier I think it'd probably be about from that you know that time gap about 
probably about three to five years, somewhere in there. Well, actually, it'd be more because if uh, if Paul himself is is uh, fourteen years in, this specifically hasn't happened yet. So there's, you know, we could probably say 15, 20-year gap, um, if my numbers are correct, which I doubt it, um, that, that, that Priscilla and Aquila are reaching out to Apollos. Um, Jesus Christ's ministry was for three years. And in that time, and he, he reached a lot of people. When we read the scriptures, we ultimately, at least we naturally presume that everybody knows who Jesus is. I mean, he's the main man. He's... He's, we, he's healing people. He's bringing them back from the dead. He's turning wine, water into wine. You know, let's go hit him up. You know, go to the bar. Yep. Just order a couple glasses of water, and we'll be good. Yep. But um, <clears throat> so I mean, there's like a, you know, a, a huge span from the time that the events happen to the time that news travels, uh, and it's really interesting to, to to think about because that's a huge struggle. Uh, last year, or not last year, like, you know, talking about the, the 15, 14 years uh, that this is happening, so much can happen in that time, and you've got these individuals that are, like, completely clueless, but uh, I think I'm rambling on with that as far as what that point was. Uh, getting into this, chapter but, 16, go ahead. But I think that there, you know, just, I mean, it, it really, you know, the more that we talk about it and the more that we read um, you know, that we're reading, that we're looking through our notes. I mean, it, it just becomes, I get uh, the word I'm looking for is, I don't know whether it's salient or whether it's just more uh, apparent or clear. Um, but, you know, on one hand, Paul is entering a very mystical area of the Greeks yeah. in their, you know, uh, was it a polytheism? Oh, yeah. someone's going to butcher me, but from <laughs> the word, but I mean, you it's know, there are multiple yes. gods, and yeah, absolutely. And then we have a very traditional culture of, you know, God's chosen people, the, the Jewish uh, traditional culture, and. You know, we're about to read uh, a little bit about the intersecting of those cultures, but if you go a couple chapters back and then jump to this one, you get kind of a taste of, of just, I mean, the area that Paul is going into. Uh, right. And I haven't shown uh, the map yet, but for me, I'm a very visual person, and I'm going to give this a shot again. Let's see if we can do so. But just, you know, for those who do like maps, uh, let's see... And who are also visual persons, and I'm not seeing the map. All right. We're experiencing um, technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Let me pull there. We you go. got it. All right. I think so. So, and of course, it'll be cut off. But you know, it, it kind of gives us an idea of just how far uh, Paul, in his travels, uh, has has gone. Um, and so, let's see. Let me just pull this up. Here we go. And let me move this window out of the way. Can we see that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome, awesome. And so, you know, here, I don't know if you can see the little mouse, but we have Lystra uh, that we'll be talking about today. And uh, we can just see, I mean, he traveled. Yeah, and so. there's, um, which we're going to have to, uh, I want to give, give him a little insight to this. Um, for those of you who are listening in, this is a... Um, this is a, uh, I don't want to say this, um, diluted version. Uh, not necessarily diluted, but um, we got plans on going more in detail uh, with some um, additional, 
don't want to give too much information out. We're gonna go. We're gonna go deeper into this. We got some plans to pull together um, curriculum for um, for additionals or for people who may be interested in. And uh, it's still under discussion as far as how we're going to make that approach. But one of the things we're gonna dig into is the life and teachings of Paul. And Paul, one yes, of the things, um, And that's why one of the th reasons I don't know if I shared this uh, just yet here. But uh, that's one of the reasons I looked up those timelines, because if you check those out and those links I sent you, uh, it's it's really mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and I uh, anybody who's interested in, in doing an in-depth study, um, number one, I would encourage you to become a financial supporter uh, for this ministry to help accomplish these tasks, um, and you'd be a great, uh, great help Please. to that. But number two... As we release them, as we get more of these, uh, or, or begin with these uh, curriculum plans, uh, take advantage of it. Uh, we're still working out some kinks uh, and details before we get working on that, but um, even just the thought of working on it itself, I mean, I'm pretty mind-blown by it, so I'm really excited yeah. to see that happen. And some of the materials, you know, that, that we will have will be just in this format, and hopefully... Uh, some of them will be able to study also uh, together, and yeah. we're going to try to make those uh, available to all, uh, but certainly your support would help us uh, in doing that. Absolutely. So, yeah. But uh, I so got to gotta say, uh, no, I mean, I'm, we, as we get into this, uh, you know what, we're like, what, 10, 15 minutes in, we haven't even started. <laughs> um, <laughs> We've given a great, that is great true. intro. We got a nice I little mean, background you know, setting there. We suspense. Uh, you know, and if we were back in the day, if we were back in Paul's time, you know, we would be relying on messengers and probably carrier pigeons. So, you know, we'd have, we'd have to wait a lot longer. Right. Uh, so let me pull up this screen and, and we can read uh, right. Acts uh, 16 yeah. ESV version uh, verses 1 through 6, I believe. Five. So, 1 through 5. Ah, very good. 1 through 5. So, yes. Uh, Acts 16, oh dear Lord, before we begin reading, please uh, uh, bless those of you who are, uh, bless those, your followers who are reading this word, bless their hearts and their minds uh, in their discernment of your, your word and your teachings. So, Acts 16, Timothy joins Paul and Silas. Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. You know, one of the things uh, I want to point out again, um, the, uh, the last uh, sentence there that you, you mentioned um, they were strengthened in their faith, and their numbers increased daily. We also see this. Uh, we don't know how many, but we know they've increased. Um, and I would say hundreds or thousands, to be honest, because, uh, I mean, this isn't just any yeah. small-town place that they're in. 
um, as well as using Peter's example when he's proclaiming the gospel. He had 3,000 people get saved and join the church that single day. Okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, and I, I find great concern with this, like we talked about uh, previously, uh, is um, you don't necessarily see that happening these days. Um, and, you know, there's various reasons. Um, I would think, um, you know, as I continue in these studies myself, I would think one of the main factors, not the primary one, but one of the, one of the big factors would be quite possibly Christ himself is doing away with the church. Um, you know, we'll get into this at a later point, but, um, you know, and false teachers. Yeah. And false teachers as well. Um, mm -hmm. because, uh, well, from, you know, the, the acts, acts of Christ, you know, in revelation and well, in, uh, not the acts of Christ, but the words of Christ, Christ right. he, uh, to five of the seven churches, he says, if you guys don't repent, I'm going to remove this church. I'm going to cleanse it. I'm going to get rid of it. So, um, and that happens. Um, Ephesus for an example, no longer exists. So, uh, no, no, the church itself doesn't either, and um, I think I think actually one of the reasons, one of the ways he does that, is um, the influence of this false teacher. Because the the, the letters in uh, Revelation are written. It says to the angel of the church, but um, when you go back and you understand the context, the angel itself, angel mean hagalos, Greek for messenger, you know, and in this context, it'd be the leader, the representative of that church, yeah, i.e., right. the pastor. So. I think that's one way he does it. I mean, he recognizes you guys need to repent of this. If you don't, you're still following the teachings of this false teacher that is still the angelos of this church, uh, and it has not been corrected. Therefore, those who are sincere to my teachings, my word, referring to Christ, um, these people, I'm going to remove them. I'm going to guide them, you know, elsewhere. Uh, and then, you know, you're left essentially with a, a pile of rubble. Um, but I think it's really important that we recognize that, and, and it's not in every single case. I, I, it's it's a huge concern we need to recognize, which we'll talk more about that. But yes, um, the numbers sure. themselves, sure. if they're dwindling, there there is some serious um, concern. It's not to say that your marketing's off, you don't have all these functions, but the the primary thing to look at if the numbers are shrinking is. What is the spiritual condition of the church? church what is the theology that we're teaching here? Does it align with the scripture, or is it you know what we've come to perceive throughout the modern times we live in? Which and again, are we? Oh, I'm sorry. You no, know, sorry. Well, we'll get into that more in this uh, this study as far as the 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 personal beliefs goes. Um, and are we engaging? Are we engaging the members? I yes. Mean, you know, Paul. Again, if we go back a, a couple of, uh, of chapters in Acts, we see that he was traveling, and you're going to have to help me with this again. It was Barnabas and... Uh, Bro. Well, Bro. I'm sorry? Yes. We're in the chapter. We're talking about this other guy. <laughs> this guy. But, but, but I mean... Barnabas but basically, and Silas, yes. Yes, Barnabas and Silas. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yes, and... You know, Barnabas kind of goes away and goes to the side, and I, I don't believe we find out the, necessarily the reasons why. But well, we haven't discussed Paul it. No, in this, uh, no, in this we haven't. But it's, it's you find it in Acts fifteen. Acts, yes, yeah. and but 
here we have, you know, uh, uh, a Timothy who is joining Paul. Timothy who is, uh, who was a, a member of this early church that Paul had formed years ago and that is returning to. Mm-hmm. And Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. And again, you know, one of the things that I love about Acts, and, you know, this ties into what you were saying uh, about church, church engagement, the end times, uh, as well as Christ continually uh, calling those mm-hmm. uh, uh, into his church, is that, you know, the church is changing. If a church is stagnant, if its members are stagnant, the word is never stagnant. Right. Right? The, the 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 sacrifice of Christ is never stagnant or ending. Right. Uh, I think a good word you uh, might want to throw in there is um, both uh, you know uncomfortable and comfortable uh, because that's personally me. Um, you know, I, I would say I would reword that to say the church, at least the church, is is not supposed to be uh, comfortable because, um, right. and I think that's where some of this uh, decline is. Um, you know, and there's various stuff we can get into with that, but um, you, I mean, look at we'll get, we're going to get into this in this chapter, anyways. I mean, Paul himself, one of the legends of the Christian faith, one of the founding fathers of the fulfilled Christian faith, I would call it. Um, you know, Judaism is Christianity in waiting, meanwhile Christianity is Judaism fulfilled. So both of them are Christianity, is what I would is how I how I uh, perceive it to be. Um, but uh, yeah, the 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 fulfilled the fulfilled Christian faith is is how I would call it. Is Paul himself? He's the founding father here, and he lives anything but a comfortable life. And yeah. I want to get I want to uh, bring this up before I forget about it. Um, I mentioned this uh, in in our last uh, two episodes that we did together, and I believe I may have uh, read this to you uh, beforehand. Um, let me go ahead and actually put you out of the spotlight here. Because I don't have my whole screen share set up. Um, this is oh here we go here we go. This is a resume and we can uh, read it here. You know a, a church was in need of a pastor for some time with having trouble getting one. Uh, not because pastors weren't applying, but because the congregation always seemed to find fault with pastors. Uh, the pastors hmm. were rejected when the people came to see to read the resume. Some didn't have enough experience. Some had too much some not enough education, and some too much, and so on. One day, a board member was getting very tired of this, decided to do something. So the next day, he got up in the pulpit and announced that he had another another resume to share with the congregation. And most of them sat back, folded their arms, and began to listen, ready to see what faults they could find in this new applicant. And the board members began to read the resume, and it went like this. Dear church members, I am writing to apply for this position as your pastor. My experience is along the lines of evangelist, but I believe I could fill your position adequately. I have never attended any Bible school uh, per se, but I have a lot of experience within the field. I don't have a degree on my wall, uh, or even a wall for that matter. I've traveled around most of my life, renting, doing odd jobs to support myself, preaching wherever I was invited to, churches, streets, and even jails. And as a matter of fact, I've even been thrown into jail a few times. I've Mm -hmm. been involved in some public squabbles. I've Mm -hmm. been excused or accused of being uh, Mm anti-Semitic, anti-authority, causing disturbance almost everywhere I go. 
And but I did have a few conversions to Christianity during my ministry, as well as a few healings. Thank you for my uh, consideration. And there's another uh, before I finish that last part here, and this is for those those who are uh, listening to the audio. Uh, there's another version of this that he mentions that he's never stayed anywhere more than three years. Mm. Uh, and that's not something you want from a pastor. You want him to stay longer than that. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting to throw in there. But to finish this up for the audios, uh, most of the people look down at the deacon with smirks of condemnation. While others chuckled out loud, one man stood up, still laughing, and asked the deacon, does this, does this guy actually expect us to seriously consider him for the pastor? What's this fellow's name anyway? And the deacon replies, this letter was signed, the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. That alone... Isn't that great? Yeah, it's... Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and this alone, I mean, I was wanting to bring this up for, uh, to serve a different point. But this, uh, a prime example as far as being uncomfortable. I mean, we, a couple of years ago, we had, you know, some lady, uh, I don't even remember where she was located, but uh, she was arrested for a couple of days, I think a week, because she wouldn't sign something for, um, what was it? Uh, I think it was a homosexual couple wanted to get married. She was, she was living out her faith. And she was put in prison, or not, well, in jail, prison. I think it's pretty much the same thing. But she was locked up, you know, for living that uh, an uncomfortable faith. Um, you know, the comfortable faith would have said, "Okay, well, you know, I'm going to love you anyways, and I'm going to, you know, let you do this." Um, wrong, yes, but uh, I mean, there's more to that. But the point here is, Paul himself is anything but comfortable. I mean, he's he's getting to the point where he's running for his life uh, in some cases. Um, and, and I find great concern in that, that we, we, we live our, our faith comfortably. Um, and, and I think it's a challenge, myself included, that we do what we possibly can to make it a challenge, to make it uncomfortable. Like there's a book, um, I think I mentioned, I don't even think I mentioned it. It's called uh, Uncomfortable. Um, you know, kind of ironic. Um, yeah. And I think, if I remember, it's kind of out of visual range right now. And I think it's by uh, Brett McCracken, perhaps. Okay. Um, and his uh, his motivation, and there's another book uh, by David Platt, which kind of gives a similar example called Radical. And they both get, you know, basically, you know, how comfortable are you in your faith? Um, mm -hmm. And if you're living in, in a spiritual mindset, if you're living a life of luxury, you don't necessarily have to have a Ferrari or anything, but you know, in a spiritual, in your spiritual condition. If you're living life good, you could be in the poorest house. You could have a very low income. You could be in a beater, uh, you know, a rundown Toyota car or something. But you could still be comfortable with your faith. And if that's the case, there's reason for concern. And, and I myself, you know, tr attempt to, you know, I try to challenge myself um, whenever I possibly can to be uncomfortable. I've shared examples in the past. We've talked to you a little bit about it, about an experience I had. Um, I had, you know, I had to make a confrontation, and that was completely uncomfortable. I didn't yeah. want to do it at all, but uh, you know, the only reason I ha I did was, you know, I had a couple signs being thrown at me, and I was like, hey, you know, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I need to, but I don't, did you, you know, right. I'm just gonna want to avoid it. And I'm never, I'm not gonna forget this. I mean, I, I remember where I was standing, and I opened up my Bible. I was out doing laundry, 
Hmm. And I opened up my Bible, and the very first words I read, I had this whole entire issue on my mind, as in, I'm going to you know, just walk away. But the very first two words I read, I opened my Bible up, and there I see, don't run. Hmm. So that was uh, not only a command by God to confront the issue, but it was also a challenge to live out the Christian faith. Yeah. To yeah. confront the issue, to to yeah. to heal it, to protect the well, in, the, in this case, to protect the church. Yep. Um, and there's a lot more we can get into that, but uh, I mean, we're going to well, say and, that. And for, Paul certainly had comforts in his prior position. I mean, you know, it, it, just staying on that topic of comforts and uh, being comfortable in one's community, he had a lot of power oh, when yeah. he was persecuting Christians. He probably made a very nice income working. Uh, as you know an authority figure in the community and here he is he's traveling he's being persecuted he's you know going from you know a leader in government basically to a leader in a community that is countercultural mm-hmm. that uh, that is in you know like any new endeavor it, his, historically uh, like any new endeavor, is one that has been and continues to this day to be persecuted, and yet it is the Word of God, it is the Spirit within him uh, that is leading him to bring others the good news, that is bringing, leading him through the Spirit to bring others through the faith. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's and kind so, of, uh, well, keep going. Keep, uh, and, and so the comfort there is a comfort of, you know, one in which his former, I, I, I'm assuming, and again, you know, going kind of off the inductive method that we were talking about last week, and these are some of the impressions that I'm getting, but one in which, you know, as an authority figure in the empire, he had a lot of power, a lot of what we would call today self-esteem, mm-hmm. a lot of authority authority over others to a position and probably some wealth in which he's giving up that self-esteem he's giving up that power and probably those riches to serve God and what is the trade-off the trade-off is the most powerful spirit that has ever been living and growing within him it is the most powerful relationship that a person can ever have with other people in loving them and spreading the good news and seeing them converted and seeing them spread the good news to others. I mean, here, you know, we have uh, uh, Timothy, who is a recent convert, who is uh, four or five years into the faith. And as we were talking about in our, our second... Oh, uh, 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 recording. Uh, yeah. This is the third. You know that that underwent a little nip nip. Yep. Uh, <laughs> at, at age twenty something, uh, and, and again, not because he had to, not because this was a requirement of the Christian faith, but because Paul wanted him to be better accepted by the Jewish community in his travels with Paul. Right. And yet, he's going through this extreme pain as well as all the other hardships that he's having to faith to face and yet it's worth it right it's worth it and so my last point and this is just a kind of a very small reflection is when we are so comfortable in our communities today so comfortable with the house or the belongings or 
the status quo at church. What is that comfort giving us? Is it good to be uncomfortable, but in in the human way, but for God? And where are we getting our true source of comfort? Right. It's in responding to that call. Yeah, and I think uh, you know along the lines of uh, I want to I want to if we can jump to uh, uh, verse six through ten here in a minute. Um, but uh, you know, going back to the the circumcision is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, snip, snip. Twenty years old, and you gotta, you know, snip, snip. I mean, I, 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 I'll be completely honest, and I said, shared this at the, you know, in the the last uh, recording we did or tried to, we tried to do. Yeah. Twenty years old. I mean, I, I can't even begin to fathom what's going through. I mean, it was culturally normal for people to be snipped, you know, when you're a newborn. So that's not something you're gonna really regret or say, how dare you, you know, do this to me. You know, at age 15 or something, why? You know, I'm so much pain. And 20 years old, I mean, he's going to remember that. That's going to be a defining moment for him. But I think, honestly, I mean, and and with all the joking aside, I think it is a very awesome thing because I can't even begin to imagine the conversation that's going on between Paul and Timothy about this. This is ultimately a choice Timothy has to make. If anything, Paul was saying, hey, you know, here's the outcome of this. It's beneficial for us in the spreading of the gospel. Um, and in that historical period and in that time, working, you know, preaching to to a traditional Jewish population. Yeah. And and the point, I mean, the point of the circumcision was uh, is, is a very important piece, yeah. or lack thereof piece. Um, <laughs> this is like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, the significance yeah. of this in the Old Testament was uh, is a physical sign to the nations. Um, and there, keep in mind, Israel was not the only nation there, but it's a physical sign to the other nations of who was the chosen nation of God. Um, you know, like I shared before, we have you know the things that these people have in common. You know, if I was to be speaking for God, or here's here's probably what I say. I'm not saying I'm accurate on this, but this. In the human nature, this is probably where I'd be going. It's like, okay, you know, I've got my chosen people, you know, my chosen nation, you know, the people in which my son's going to come through. And then I've got all these other pagan nations here. Each of them has jewelry that they put on. They look beautiful mm-hmm. in these jewelries. Each of them has these fine robes. They look wonderful. Each of them has these, these, these uh, wonderful kingdoms. They have these livestocks. Uh, they, they, they give sacrifices to gods on an altar. They have all of these things, these visual, visually in common. But what's the one thing that sets my children apart? I'm going to set them apart, and I'm going to make a physical sign that these children are my children. And that's exactly what the significance of it, the circumcision in the Old Testament was. It yeah. was a seal of their righteousness as children of God. Right. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't a righteousness by merit. It wasn't anything they have earned or obtained. This was mm-hmm. God putting His righteousness on His children. And um, we see uh, this is we see this in Romans four eleven. But um, it's also important to notice with that that this is this you know in, in the concept of a of a private club, um, and, and it's it's not how I how I word it how I explain this with other people is it's a private club with an open invitation. Uh, And and there's more we can get into that, but, 
you know, we see this because God has a specific plan for his children. He wants his children to live in a certain way. And to a degree, that's how private clubs are. You dress a certain way, you act a certain way, you present yourselves a certain way, otherwise you're not welcome here anymore. Um, and it's not to say that God has his people and nobody else is welcome, because we see that God says everybody's welcome. You know, these, these Israelites were to essentially be the representatives of God. Um, you know, an, an example here that we find is how welcoming they're supposed to be, Leviticus 19.34. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you. In other words, we're talking about a foreigner, somebody who's not by blood, uh, a, a child of Israel, of Israel. But, you know, somebody who's joined the fold, you are to treat the stranger who sojourns with you as a native among you. Treat mm -hmm. them as you would your family. Mm -hmm. uh, and you shall love him as yourself, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt, and I am the Lord your God. So, I mean, it, it is, it's a welcoming thing, but thing. Yeah. still, I mean, in that, obviously, this is Old Testament. If they're going to, you know, if they're going to join the fold, snip, snip. Yeah. But um, getting yeah. into that, you know. And it also makes, you know, Timothy uh, a bit more in line with the, you know, again, this is not something he needs to do as a Christian right. for salvation, but makes him a bit more in line with the other Jews in his community. Right. And, you know, that's what's kind of interesting because we, we, we talked that it doesn't matter but the purpose of this was. And, you know, again, we talked about uh, Paul's credentials. I think this kind of comes yeah. into play there. You know, Paul's credentials is anything but miraculous. Um, you know, if you're looking for somebody, I wouldn't take his resume. But yeah. at yeah. the same time, we've proven that it's not these, however you want to word it, these impressive credentials that makes a person qualified. Um, it's the outcome. You know, what are they getting from that? And you know, he, there's so many challenges that come with that. And this was this was a way in which, you know, they could reach. But um, I want to get into. Uh, I mean, unless you had some other stuff, I wanted to get into this uh, six through ten real quick. Okay, the Macedonian um, call. Yeah, because and we okay. talked about this a little bit, uh, you know, before the show, before this recording here. Um, what I've called it here is the divert. Well, it's a diversion from Asia or Asia Minor is what it was at that point in time, and a call to Macedonia. Uh, and what's really interesting, and I want to share this, you know, as uh, for those of you who are listening here, watching, um, was it Wednesday night? Wednesday night, I just had uh, a Bible study, and I asked for prayers for this ministry uh, from. Uh, well, the group. I said, "Hey, you know, me and uh, Bernard, we're working on the, pulling this ministry together." And I, you know, this this group that I was with, I says, "You know, we could use your prayers for, uh, you know, the support, um, you know, that God uh, provides through this." And one of the things they mentioned in the prayers is that, uh, you know, we know that Satan himself will present obstacles. And this this goes for anybody who's a, who's a Christian. The moment you become a, a believer in Christ, the moment you've been changed and made a new creation. You're called to pick up a shield, you're called to pick up a sword, and you're called to wear the full armor of God. Yep. So you're, you're, you're on the battlefield for right, right off the bat. Um, but when and that The happens, salvation of Christ and the message, the, the, the you know, a, a baptism in Christ, belief in Christ, certainly is transforming and uplifting. And, and you know, we put that, you know, on... on, on you know, we keep that in perspective because that is the most important mm -hmm. message. However, life does get harder. Right. 
And that's absolutely true. And, and you know, when you become a Christian, you're public enemy number one, like we've already discussed. The um, evil one will be out yeah. to get you. Others will be out to get you. Well, and here's the interesting part about this is, um, you know, which what I shared with you earlier is that, you know, we pray that Satan himself, he's going to throw these obstacles, guaranteed. There's going to be these obstacles. There's going to be these setbacks of various kinds that, that um, we're going to face as a ministry, and not only as a ministry, but as individuals. Um, and it's very important, and I think, you know, it's very important that we recognize that, number one, Satan is going to throw these obstacles in the way, but he's not the only one. Nope. Because what we have here in Acts chapter 16, verse 6 through 10, it's not Satan throwing these obstacles, but yep. it's the Holy Spirit. Spirit, yes. Um, so because that's, Paul wanted to go preach in Asia. I mean, right. he was on, he was traveling. I mean, and yeah, and we have um, we have the well, we have the churches in Revelation um, well, yep. here for as far as what consists of Asia Minor, Pergia, Galatia, Ephesus. Keep in mind, so these weren't preached to yet. He didn't go to Galatia yet. He didn't go to Ephesus yet. Uh, Smyrna, Philadelphia, Laodicea. He hasn't gone to Colossae yet. Sardis, Pergamos, and Thyatira. Uh, his travels were prevented by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's putting these obstacles in the way. So, and I think um, when we experience an obstacle, we need to really evaluate what are we doing. Um, and like what I shared with you earlier is not treat any sort of obstacle as in Satan's doing this because we can clearly see that God himself does it as well yeah. but rather than uh, that we need to more focus on trusting that and I'm going to give this because it's the only one that's popped in my head right now the same one I gave you earlier um, you know we as a ministry the same thing comes with can be done in a, as an individual thing is um, you know what I shared earlier instead of trusting you know what, what are we you know the the idea that this obstacle in the way is stopping us it's not saying that, okay, we're doing right. We have to overcome this obstacle. We've got to jump that fence that's been put in our place. Because we clearly see it, that if it's the Holy Spirit put this fence in the way, then, we, then we're opposing Him. Yep. And, so and that rather, is the will of God. Yeah, rather than opposing that, rather than seeing that obstacle as an evil force, we need to really look back and, and simply say, it's like, you know, and this is the example I gave earlier, is instead of going about it that way, you know, what we really need to do is just trust that, trust in the Word of God, sola scriptura, go to the Word alone and, and speak what we possibly, you know, just speak the Word of God. Right, right. That's, you know, that's the, the best way to do it. And that's what Paul himself wanted to do. But, because he uh, was very close. I mean, in proximity, if I could bring up the map or we went back to that map we had, he, he was very close to Turkey, the area that he wanted to go in and preach yeah and you know whether it was uh through prayer whether it was through dreams whether it was an inward calling of the spirit to not go there he was told not to go there right and was given another direction and there is a humility in that because he had sacrificed so much and taken so many risks in going out to spread the word of God and to check in and to form these communities. And I think that it probably takes, you know, and I'm not only, you know, thinking about Paul here, but I'm also thinking about modern day. And in, in, in modern day ministry, we have 
to be humble in recognizing that we are the created. Right. We are God's creation. Mm -hmm. That we are here to glorify him, to bring, to serve him, to bring people to him. And this is his story, yeah. his uh, will. There's and something so Paul, I wasn't going to, uh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to bring up. Um, I want to do this. Sorry to interrupt you here. No, no, no. Um, I was, yeah. One of the things I remember, which we'll, again we'll get into the full topic later on, but the doctrine of election, predestination. There's one piece that I learned from R.C. Sproul. Um, you know, he explained, and I think it's wonderful. And and I, I huge. There's a lot of value to it. It's a lot of per meaning. I mean, it's a huge treasure. I think. Um, the question was brought, if God chooses the elect, you know, out of five, as, out of a group of five people, only two people are chosen to be saved. If God is a God that does that, which I firmly believe he is, then what's the point of evangelizing, to, to spreading the word of God? The example he gave, or the, the reasoning he gave, and it's a beautiful example, is, you know, like you said, you know, we are, you know, servants of God, we are created by him. Uh, and we we're created to to serve him. So it's not that God needs to use us to spread the gospel, to spread his message. It's that he wants to. Um, he, you know, he can find other means. You know, there's always going to be a remnant. There's always going to be somebody out there that will serve him. But the spreading of the gospel itself is is a privilege. Um, we find in in Romans. I don't have the verse offhand. Um, I want to say one eighteen. Maybe I could be wrong on that. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the, the word of God or the gospel itself is, um, is the means of salvation. And uh, we, the, the gospel is, is, is uh, I'm looking this up here too, it's going to bug yeah. me. Uh, 18, no it's not 18. Um, ah, 16, I was close. For I'm not ashamed okay. of the gospel, for the gospel being the, you know, Genesis it's to Revelation, the power obviously. of God for salvation yeah. to everyone who believes. Right. And, you know, that power, I mean, his, the gospel itself can be presented by anybody else. I mean, somebody else. I don't have to do it. Somebody else can. But God cho chooses to. And, and the willful desire to, to be obedient to him, I mean, that's, that's the privilege to be in works with his mission. I mean, this isn't like Paul. This is not his mission to deliver the gospel. This is God's mission. And that's why he's doing what he can to to live in accordance to that. And we see this. I mean, he has this desire to go to Asia Minor, but God himself, he says, no, don't go there, at least not yet. Yep. You know, you're not ready or they're not ready, whatever reasoning is, we don't know. Yep. But I want you to go to Macedonia instead. And he's given this vision, um, you know, of a man, you know, saying, hey, come to Macedonia. But and I think when we come across these obstacles like this, you know, like such as in Paul's cases, um, or you know, in our own mission field, you know, instead of thinking of it as Satan's doing, which again we shouldn't—I don't think we should ever think of it like that, because that, right. that's essentially putting the Holy Spirit in a in an evil position. But rather, I mean, if if God is calling us to a mission, He's calling us to go to to various locations around the world, whether it be you know, for example, myself here in Ohio. Somewhere here, or you know, going to down somewhere to Texas, or going to Israel, or Germany, or Australia, somewhere else. He's going to make a way. If this is God's will for you to do, it will happen. Um, you know, he's he's stronger than the authority of these evil spirits. If it was if it was an evil spirit who's putting this fence up saying don't go, 
well, God's going to say, get rid of that fence. I'm having to go anyways. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he alone has the ability to, to command and tell these forces to step aside. So, uh, and I think that's really important to recognize is, you know, the like, again, I, I'm, I'm going back to my first statement here is when we come across these obstacles, it's really to pause and pray and find out, okay, if this isn't it, what do you want? Want. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know that 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 is a process of discernment, and it's a process that you know is we see in this part of Acts sixteen, uh, sixteen ten. That when when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us right. to preach the gospel to them. And so, you know, the words of being called uh, and discernment are two words that, you know, we might hear being used casually, but when we look at those words, you know, how are, how am I called? How are you called? How were we called in this stage of our life to do Bible study amidst the technical difficulties tonight <laughs> you know what were the promptings that led us to do it again a third time right you know and I'm sure if we were to take the time you know and look back and and, and see the differences in you know how we conversed and what we might have emphasized perhaps that is God's will and so there is a mystery to it as well as something that is direct I think that in today's world basically what I'm getting at is I think that in today's world we expect the email we expect the text message we're so used to having to respond uh, so quickly and Mm -hmm. to do so many things that when it comes time to the multiple ways that we are called to do something is it an inkling is it a dream have we had a vision? Is it something that someone said to us that we felt, you know, that lifted our spirit in a certain way? And, and importantly, is it also something that we feel prompted to do in a life of prayer? Right. Because certainly we don't hear a lot about that life of prayer here, but we know that with the apostles, with the disciples, and most importantly with, with Christ himself, that prayer was a centerpiece in that discernment and understanding, you know, what we are called to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's, that's uh, prayer itself is, is a very important aspect to the Christian faith. It's probably one of the first, one of the, it's the, it's the first and it should not be the last, but it is the first and the last line of defense um, that we have against these uh, these forces. Um, and, and it's prayer really, is basically running for the runner. I mean, without running, there is no runner, and right. yet there's all sorts of things that a person can do, whether it's diet, whether it's sleep, whether it's you know positive thinking. But if they're not running, if you know, then they're not a runner. And for the Christian. Prayer is akin to that. It's analogous to that. Right. It's a necessity. I mean, it's like we have, uh, and the, the best way, I think there's more, there's obviously more to it, but, um, you know, if you want to shorten it up, we have the Word of God itself. Uh, and we'll close up with this. We're running low on time. We'll finish the rest up yep. Uh, yep. next week. 
Um, and uh, prayer, or the Word of God itself is just as it is. You know, the Bible itself is the Word of God. It's what He has to say to us. Um, and there's a lot more than just the black and white text. I can promise you that. Get yourself a Bible commentary, um, history books if you want. I mean, there's the, the, the information is endless. I'll just leave it at that. But this is how God speaks to us. And then likewise, how we speak to Him uh, is through prayer. Uh, he does know our hearts, yes. He does know our needs. He does know our conditions. But, you know, you go to any other parent... You go to your mom and dad. They, they know what you need. You need finances. You need food. You need shelter. You need all this stuff. But even though even though you have that, they still want to hear from you. They still want to talk to you. So, um, yeah, and, and, you know, my, everybody, I think everybody, I'm going to put everybody under the bus here. Um, everybody can relate to this. And then we get so caught up in busy lifestyles. I myself, I mean, I, there was one point I was praying daily. I was, you know, I was taking some time out, you know, 20, 30 minutes out of my day to even spend time in prayer. Uh, and it's been lacking for a while, but, I, you know, I do what I can to, to stay in that. It's, you know, I, I don't just want to talk about my struggles. You know, God, here's what I have. You know, what do you have planned for me? I have this going on in my life. What, what, what do you want me to do? Uh, it's not just a struggle. It's just you know these various aspects. Okay, I, God, this is what I'm presented with today. Yep. What's next? Yep. So I mean, you've given me these blocks. What do you want me to build? Yep. So. Um, and that's exactly you know I, I I'm going to you know completely agree with you on that. You know from for for those of you who are watching this, how will you respond to God's word tonight? How will you talk to God? And if you feel uncomfortable about praying, if it's been a long time since you've prayed, do it with us now. God, how do you, what do you want me to do with your word? What can I do to serve you? I accept you. I love you. I want your blessings and your favor. I want your grace. Right? And having a conversation as short as that and, a and taking those first steps or if it's a continued conversation and a lifestyle of prayer that one, that one has Lord what do you want me to take from this Bible study that I did with Bill and Bernard tonight what do you want me to take from these moments and your word Amen Amen and, you know, that, uh, I guess we'll close up with this. Wasn't that your, I would actually ask this for anybody that might be listening to this. Um, and I think that might have related to your answer or your question, I guess, is what it would be. Uh, a couple days ago, maybe last week, I don't remember how long, I put a post on our, uh, the Christian Cornerstone Facebook page asking a question I was asked. Uh, I was asked at my Bible study, and they asked, it's like, if you could ask Jesus Christ one question, what would that be? And mine was, personally, mine was, why me? I mean, what makes me so special out of the rest of the world? Uh, and when I say that, you know, what makes me so special to be called your child when there are those out there in the world that you call not my child? Yep. So, yep. I mean, that's a, that's a question I'll never get answered, <laughs> at least not any time yep. on this world. But um, yours, was it, what was yours? yours I might was, have uh, a vision. You might, you know, it could come in prayer and dreams, but mine was, and, and I emphasize this word, 
how can I start to be more like you, yeah. Jesus Christ? How can I start? Yeah. And uh, I was thinking about that today. I was, you know, because I, I was sharing it with a friend of mine at work. I was a little curious. I mean, that, that alone is a pretty profound question. It's like, you know, you got all this stuff, but what's the one question you're going to ask? I mean, there's. I don't know. I mean, it really shows you the condition of the heart. Uh, I mean, like yourself, you know, you, you have an example of, um, you know, what do I need to do to be more like you, to, to be in your righteousness? It's not, not to, to win Amen. your favor, but, you know, to be yep. more like you. Yep. Uh, and then myself, I mean, I, I, I don't even know what, I, what kind of girl I'd put that in, but... Um, I don't know, maybe, I, I don't know. I mean, if you got some two cents, I don't even know what category to put the whole why me in there. But uh, anyways... Uh, well, I mean, because we are undeserving, and we, you know, we, we are. I mean, there is nothing that we can do to earn such love and such grace. And, and the promises of the most incredible things that we can have, even amidst the hardships in this world, the promises of the most incredible incredible things that as a human being is this particular model of homo sapien that I could ever experience now and forever so I got a question for you <sighs> I mean I see myself if we go back 30 years I mean I'm 43 years old so I've lived through the computer age. I see myself as a Commodore 64. Oh, here and we yet, go. Okay. And yet, and yet <laughs> as a Commodore 64, God is going to allow me yeah. to run this program of oh, an advanced computer that is hundreds of years from now, and that is salvation. Yeah. It is millions of years, however you want to say it, or it may not even be in the picture, but the point is is that I so am created, taking, I'm created beautifully, you're telling and me. yet... I'm promised something incredible for my being. You're telling me that God took a Commodore 64 and turned it into a MacBook? <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, ladies and gents. Retina display. Yeah, there we're we go. Uh, short on time. Yeah. We'll uh, yep. finish up next week, uh, getting into where we at here. Um, chapter 11, or not chapter 11, chapter 16. This is the same, same chapter. Um, 11, and if we can, verse 11 through, if we can, through the rest of the chapter. chapter. Uh, yep. I want to encourage you guys to check in on this, subscribe. Um, you subscribe to our audio podcast. We'll have the link available for you. We actually have it on our website. Uh, with Lydia. With Lydia. Um, as, yes. as, 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 I mean, in all honesty, I, I, <laughs> there's better options, but <laughs> there's a but. I do find humor in her, so let's keep her. At least for the time being. Yay, Lydia. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you have any questions, comments, feel free to hit us up. We're actually, I'm going to keep, I'm not going to share any details on this right now, but we're working on the means for better communication between the ministry and its fans, followers, viewers, disciples, however you want to word that. So, yes. uh, please stay tuned and follow along with this stuff. Uh, we're really excited to take the next couple steps so yeah. and keep us in your prayers and god bless you bill and god bless those who are watching this amen but are you stick around i'm gonna chat with you for a minute we'll do. you guys we'll do. sounds good everybody else watching you have yourself a yep. wonderful night